set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Amelie from 2001, directed by Jean-Pierre Jeannot. And we're back again, guys, for the month of April. And we have another movie to discuss. Um, And this movie um, was another... Creation of Ashley's Galaxy Brain movie um, moment. Yes. Um, and if you didn't listen to our last episode on Chunking Express, Ashley, do you want to give our listeners kind of how you paired these two movies together yes, first, again? First of all, if you didn't listen to our last episode, why not atone for that? But then these two movies um, have like sort of similar themes, which are like, Girls who are in love with someone who really kind of is not paying attention to them or are vaguely intrigued by them, but said girl will not actually act. So they will do a bunch of roundabout, highly unnecessary things when you really look at it um, in order to like avoid facing reality and, and possible rejection. Um, and so when I watched... Chunking Express, either Chunking Express or Amelie, like last year, um, I was like, dang, these these two movies kind of kind of have a similar tone, and I think it's um, been written somewhere that like Amelie was inspired by Chunking Express. I wouldn't be surprised. Like lots of directors are inspired by Chunking Express and Wong Kar Wai's movies in general, um, but this movie is interesting in the fact that. Uh, uh, Jean-Pierre Jeannot was um, originally like an animator. So he's got a lot of his movies, apparently. I've only seen this movie and another movie called Delicatessen, which we can talk about a little bit because Brittany seems quite interested in it. Um, but there are, there's a level of fantasy and sort of um, otherworldly like whimsy to them that I think kind of like builds upon Juan Carway's uh, movie a little bit more. Um, and this kind of has a, a slightly different tone. This is more of a kind of a quirky, um, more like, I don't know. This I think Chunky Express focuses more on the heartbreak. And this one kind of is not necessarily about heartbreak, but more about like overall melancholy and like loneliness. Yeah. And it's a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it. This is my first time ever watching this film as if you listen to our last episode for the longest and by for the longest, I mean, up until last, like last week or so, I thought this was about a baker. Like I thought this was like a simply irresistible type movie. Um, (laughs) Like on some like Sarah Michelle Gellar as like a magical baker type shit. Um, and that's what I assumed the movie was always about. Wait, and it reminded that, is me. That, is that a movie with like Freddie Prince Jr.? No, it was not. It's was just like. they were in together? I forgot. They had a movie together that was not Scooby-Doo or. It was. They were just in Scooby-Doo. And I know what you did last summer. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, wait, was there? Oh yeah, she was in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was played Helen. What's that movie that Freddie Prince Jr. was in when he was? Oh, it was a Perfect Catch. But then there was another one where people thought he was a murderer. Um, Head like, Over Heels. Yeah, I remember that one. I watched like I spent a summer watching that movie because it was always on. It was not good, but it was there. Freddie was Bay, so <laughs> yeah. It's. It, I feel like. This movie, I guess because just the cover itself doesn't really lend to anything that happens in this movie. So you really don't get, like, any of the actual details. Because there's a lot. There's a lot that happens in this movie. I always forget because I always have, like, the basic plot down. And then I'm just like, damn, there's this and there's this and there's all this extra stuff that's, like, kind of crammed in here. And while watching this, I also realized what it also reminded me of is like pushing daisies. I don't know why. I feel like the aesthetics reminds me of pushing daisies. I would say the aesthetics in that sort of mismatch of like modern yet retro where even like the cars and pushing daisies and the people's clothes and, and, and the way their houses are done and like the way they decorate their, um, like their spaces and the architecture, um, which I think is like a part of some of the criticisms of this movie. I was like looking it up not too long before we started recording. Um, how it's kind of like a like an old version of France, like devoid of any sort of immigrants or um, like non-white faces, <laughs> because like I think in America we tend to think of France as being a, a pretty white country. When actuality, there's a, a very large, like, non-white population, but it's kind of one of those things where um, when there is, like, a, I guess, like, a cultural, maybe not a cultural minority, I guess, like, um, I mean, they kind of have, like, an interesting thing over there where they their census doesn't allow you to take, like, into account, like, racial differences. Like, if you are a part of the census, you're not a black French person, you're just a French person, which on like paper it's like okay cool we're all equal all French but then that allows for a lot of like inequality to fester because people be like well what's the problem we're all French (laughs) so you don't really you can't really address sort of like specialized issues and like racism and um, discrimination because there's like that sort of thin veneer of everybody's French so like we're all equal fraternity there's no issues here if I don't have issues you don't have issues either And I think that kind of in this movie, like that sort of like throwback thing was kind of not um, welcomed by some people, but a lot of people like it just for that reason. I mean, I like a lot of that, that sort of aesthetic and the production design behind it because like nothing in America looks like this. (laughs) Not one thing. It's fun. Like it's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. And for me and who I am as a person, it was a delight to watch. <laughs> Rini's funny. Rini is living a double life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I love that whole, I love the whole like over the top of the production design and and 
and that kind of thing and like the old keys, which is actually not uncommon. I had like an old ass key when I stayed there because it was so funny. I was just telling you this, but I totally picked my Airbnb in France partially for the price and partially because it was in this neighborhood, which is like Montmartre, which is like kind of on the northern side of Paris. And I totally did not recognize like <laughs> that there were so many fucking stairs and all this. But like all the buildings and stuff look pretty similar, which is like kind of the I think the intriguing part of of like a city like Paris is that it's so fucking old <laughs> in comparison to like everything in America and America. We do not really um, we don't do well at preserving anything that's old like old architecture, um, old building, like old, old parks, old anything. We kind of just like, oh no, bulldoze the shit out of that. So like when I see stuff like this that has been around and standing for like a couple centuries, like that's very intriguing to me. And we need to, we need to do a better job of preserving Old buildings. I'm not going to get on a rant about that. Gentrification. <laughs> yeah, that. And just like, like buildings are beautiful. Buildings old are buildings beautiful. are beautiful. And you don't have anything like that in, in, I guess in America we have the, I don't know, like the advantage of having sort of like a varied style of buildings, which is kind of cool because like stuff, Stuff up north does not look like anything down south, which doesn't look anything out west and anything in the Midwest. So there is that variedness, but like we don't keep up with like old things, which I guess is kind of like it could be like a pro and a con because, again, like leaning in back to like sort of like the days gone by whole like retro thing of like things are better when it looked like this and people were like this and people just like this and. Like, you know, the whole, like, old nostalgia, you know how people get with, like, the 1950s and shit, which I think was a criticism of, like, France in the 1950s, which I don't really have a good handle on what that looked like, um, like, post-war France. But, uh, yeah, people sort of have, like, a weird nostalgia for for old things. And, and definitely this city, <laughs> we're going on about Paris a lot, but, like, this city especially um is like highly highly romanticized and that's encouraged um i guess for tourism tourism but also maybe for like more insidious things like nationalism (laughs) and um but really it's like it's just it's a city like any other city like there's it's kind of gross in some parts it smells like pee (laughs) in some parts like it's very beautiful but it also is like this is the 21st century so I don't know if people can like reckon that and and deal with both. People seem to struggle with that. It either has to be super retro or like super modern. There's no like in between. Yeah. But also the really funny thing about this is that I noticed how many fucking stairs were in this movie. I got so upset. <laughs> I got so upset. I didn't realize how like hilly this area of the city was. So I'm sitting there like my big ass like huffing and puffing because <laughs> you walk everywhere. And the funny thing is like there's not really I mean, again, owing to like how old things are, there's not really elevators and escalators like accessibility must be a nightmare for people. And then also you would see like 
Like I'm walking and huffing and puffing and I see some old man come down the stairs with his cane just gliding on by and I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> Let me take a deep breath and keep going, bitch. <laughs> so it, it is an interesting place. And this, um, the, the restaurant that Amelie works in is like actually there. I walked past it. Apparently it's like a tourist trap. Like the food isn't even good. Hmm. And the owner just has like really cheap, like like uh, like you know, printer paper printouts of of like characters from the movie. So it's not even like done up real nice. Oh no! It's like super, just like a like yeah. Those Americans probably heard about this, so let's just uh, let's post up this shit up here. Charge them an extra five euros for a sandwich that's not even that good, and give them attitude while giving it to them anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can start. I don't have any notes. Brittany's got some notes. We're doing things a little differently here in, in self-isolation. <laughs> keeping a little loose. Yeah, trying to keep it loose like my grip on sanity. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Child. Been a long time. Been a long spring. Been a long spring. When's the last time you stepped outside, Brittany? Um, yesterday. Wait, was that yesterday? What is today? Today is Saturday. The uh, 18th? Uh, shit. Okay, 17th. So yesterday. Okay, that's better than some people. Because some people are like, I haven't been outside in three weeks. I'm like, how? Is that possible? <laughs> I took a little trip. Took a little trip. Breathe some fresh air. Mm-hmm. Got a little stress. Came back inside. This <laughs> I know. Every time I go outside, I'm just kind of like, I start getting like a scratchy throat. I'm hoping because of like the pollen and I'm just like, yeah. okay, I've done too much. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I just like lay on my bed, like spiraling for like a minute or two. <laughs> oh, and I started all over again. Yeah, I mean... Living life with allergies and chronic pain, bro. What? That's Just gotta up, do it. That's the <laughs> fucked up thing, too. Like, I... Like, when I lived in my old apartment, I had sinus infections and all kinds of stuff because that apartment was so, like, poorly kept up because it was, like, an old-ass house. It was, like, a 90-year-old house. And it was so, like, you know, like, drafty and, like, musty. And no matter, like, what I did <laughs> to clean and keep it nice... It was always something, and then I, I moved back home, and, and I was like, ooh, okay, air's fresh, having, feeling, you know, no allergies, feeling good, you know, nice breeze and stuff, and now, like, now this year, <laughs> I feel allergies. Ooh, child. I'm like, read the room, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ah! That was our Corona Minute. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine if this like pivoted to like coronavirus updates? Like some people have pivoted to like only coronavirus updates on like Twitter and stuff. It's very odd. Oh, I, I, think, like, every, I think like every podcast is like talking about, which I mean, of course, if you're like current events that you're going to have to talk about it, but. I promise you guys, we will never do a virus-related movie pairing on here. Because I won't allow it, personally. She won't let me do it. I will sit that one out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here to monitor. (laughs) Give me the thing to edit. 
and be like, all right, bring me Ashley, an like, hour-long show by Every herself. time I come with, like, a wild idea, Ashley's there is like, no. So you guys are now. always safe. You're safe from me every time. I, you, you guys do not know how many things I have. I have blocked y'all from suffering. <laughs> you're safe for me every time. So you're also, in good of course, hands. Y'all got the same like humor as Britney then. I mean, y'all, you mean protest. <laughs> Maybe you should just tell us. Tell us that, yes, we want that nasty old, everybody dies from some terrible flu-like thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like contagion and shit and people clawing their faces off or whatever the hell. Listen, just talking about it makes me a little anxious. <laughs> but Amelie is totally different from <laughs> Amelie is a happy movie full of hope, imagination, and- dreaming, breaking and entering, crimes, possible theft. <laughs> Bitch, arson almost. almost she needed arson. a good shake. Definitely um some like um I mean in the right lens could be attempted murder. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> A little something for everybody. Got This is what happens when introverts be like, I'm such an introvert. And then they go and like ruin your life. (laughs) (laughs) She needed some outside time. Like a lot more outside time. She did. So, I mean, that goes into like her, her, the early part of the movie with like her childhood because you. She needed um, a hug. All of this would have been solved with a hug. A single hug would have changed a lot of the events. This is what we talk about parents. Y'all need to learn how to parent because (laughs) Amelie's parents did not know how to parent. (laughs) So, like, this movie's a little different and it tracks Amelie's, like, childhood. Like, you get her literal conception. Yes, her literal conception. And I like this part about the movie. There's a lot of, um, like, old clips of, like, um, from like the 70s and like probably 60s and 50s um, interspersed with real life, like contemporary, um, like it's contemporary for this time of the movie, which I think it's set in like 97. And um, so there's a lot of like cuts, um, like cut shots. And you find out a lot about the characters, even like this tertiary characters. I mean, like you find out like what they like and dislike. And so Amelie, um was born like in the 70s, I think. And she um, had a mom and a dad. Uh, her dad used to be like a retired army doctor. And I think her mother was a school teacher. And her dad like never hugged her or didn't like, the only time he ever touched her like in like a like a fatherly affectionate way was um, during like her like yearly checkup because he did her yearly checkup. And her heart was beating so fast because she's like, oh, my God, my dad. <laughs> this is the only time of year I get anything close to like a hug or like an affectionate pat on the head. And her heart was beating so fast that he like misdiagnoses her with like a heart defect. And they never follow up <laughs> on that or anything. So they just decide, oh, you you're not you're like you're unfit for school. So she had to be homeschooled. She doesn't have any other siblings. I, as far as I know, she doesn't have any other like close family. So she has to like basically rely on herself to like entertain herself and like use her imagination, which of course runs wild uh, to the point of being possibly detrimental <laughs> later in life. Been there. 
if you have an extreme imagination, I feel like Amelie might have some y'all be like, I usually I be like thinking like the wildest shit, but then I was like, damn, bitch, like <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was something very simple. <laughs> uh, and so she, um, I think her mother dies, right? That was. Yes. It ah. I, it wasn't supposed to be funny. I laugh every time. But it's I also guess, not funny. But like. It- it was like, ah, ha, ha. Like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> her mother, they go to the church to pray for a baby brother. And um, they come out of the church and someone has jumped off of the church um, committing suicide and lands right on her mother and kills her instantly. And I was like, ah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the first time I saw this, I was like, well, goddamn. I, my notes says what the fuck her mom's death <laughs> like all in caps and real large I know. letters i think that's like one of the things that you're not expecting which is like like damn like you think your mother would be her mother and her and her father there but um no her mother makes an exit stage left real fucking quickly yeah um so i'm always like left to herself I think too. Remember, she had that goldfish, and the goldfish dropped, like jumped out of the yeah out of the tank. The, the goldfish was wasn't gonna. It didn't want to live in captivity. He was stressed. It was tired of Amelie's shenanigans. He's tired of that household shenanigans. All the because like she's like her dad is so like not touchy feely. Her mother is kind of like a I don't know how to describe her. I wouldn't say overbearing, but she's very like like the disciplinarian of the two of them uh and so her fish was like no i gotta i gotta this ain't for me and so they they the fish ends up under the refrigerator and now all the stress trying to catch it the mother's like hell no get this out which i mean like a fish is probably one of the easiest pets you can have in terms of like you don't have to groom it or pet it or any of that you just gotta make sure it's water is clean and it's got like good stimulation and like food and she's like, no, nah, you can't even have that either. So fish went into the river. With the bowl. Yeah, bowl too. Like, no, there's no, let's not even give you the mere suggestion of hope that you could ever have another pet. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is a lot. She had like, like the a- bowl too, the bowl. Damn. <laughs> she had like a. Not a bad childhood, but she definitely was not like loved properly. Would you feel it bad was, for her? It was really lonely. Like it was very lonely. Yeah, and we're both only children. Bob was like, "Damn, I don't know if I've ever been that lonely." Nah, at least I had the comfort of Walt Disney to help me out. Yeah, <laughs> got TV, got your cousins, you got friends, mm-hmm. school, you got somebody. Mm-hmm. You got dial-up internet. <laughs> Early Cartoon Network and Nick.com. Mm. So. <laughs> uh, and she, she, um, she has an interesting childhood. She ends up saving up enough money to like leave. Cause I guess she just dreams of like being farther away. And she ends up moving from, they never say like what city or, or what small town she's from, but it's outside of Paris. She ends up moving to Paris when she's, um, I want to say like her early 20s, maybe late teens, early 20s. 
She packs up and moves, and she is a waitress at this restaurant called The Two Windmills. And she kind of lives like a kind of a quiet existence. No boyfriend. She's tried. <clears throat> it did not go well. <laughs> that seat always makes me laugh. I'm like, ugh, men. <laughs> <laughs> All that huffing and puffing. They say she, since it did not work out, she enjoys the simple pleasures like being gross by sticking her hands in grain. It like, looks like lentils. That's why you wash like, your vegetables, y'all. I, I was like, ma'am, ma'am. That's why you wash your lentils, y'all. Wash your vegetables. Get your spray. Even before the even before the you know the whole pandemic, like just wash your wash your shit and get it. And um, because if she ain't touched it, somebody else did. So you know, <sighs> she's <sighs> got a little she's got a little sensory thing for for beans and legumes. Um, <laughs> and what is <laughs> are you having? Because I said beans. <laughs> He's legumes. Legumes. Um, and then she likes going to the movies. Um, she had the same issue I have with the movies that <laughs> has plagued me for years, which is when people in the movies don't look like people like in the movie don't look at the road when they're talking and driving with somebody. I'm always like, somebody's gonna crash into a tree. It never happens. Sometimes it does when you almost like hit a deer. Uh, that's usually like in a horror movie but I'm like every time there's somebody like not looking at the not looking at the road I'm like bitch here we go <laughs> and then what is her thing oh she likes imagining like, how many people are having orgasms at one, at any point in this in the city oh she does that was a diverse and, group of orgasms and cracking creme brulee I've never had creme brulee my mom tried to make it one time but we didn't have like a blowtorch which nobody does have a blowtorch, but like I think that's one of the things you need to like harden the crystals. And so we tried to do it with a lighter and it didn't work. I like that line of thinking though. I mean, we, we had like we had the right idea. Mm-hmm. Was it going to happen? No. <laughs> I forgot what we ended up doing with it, but I never I've never had it. I I'm not a sweets person. I am, but it looks kind of pudding, <laughs> like a puddingy. Actually, you know what you sound that that can't even be right. Are you lying? I'm not lying. Like I, I thought about something that made me laugh, but oh god, I'm like. <laughs> Do you want to reveal the dark truth? My actual for real truth is, I'm really not really a sweets person. Like, I don't really care for desserts and sweets all like that that much like i like candy to a certain extent but i don't really like like cakes and like ice cream and like dessert desserts i have to be in a certain mood i am to in have mood them right now like it's not really my thing so like seeing like creme brulee and like lava cakes and Ugh. like really decadent desserts really don't do anything for me like right. my favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla I like i'm that kind of dough, bitch but like if you didn't have cookie dough i would also eat vanilla and be fine like i'm a vanilla bitch oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no i never had cookie <laughs> light but it kind of looks like a pudding underneath there and i don't do pudding 
That's a textural issue. I don't know that. So, but yeah, she lives like a quiet existence. She doesn't really do much. She doesn't really socialize. She goes and visits her dad. Her dad won't leave the house. Her dad don't even listen to her. No, she's talking about, which I was like, oh, okay, relatable. Because, like, that one time she was like, yeah, I, like, got pregnant, smoked crack, had two abortions or something like that. (laughs) And I'm doing great. And he was like, hmm, I should go do something with the guard gnome. Oh, my Mm. Lord. I was like, this poor woman. (laughs) No wonder she be acting like this. Ain't nobody paid attention to her. Yeah, she's acting out. Like, even if. Like, some people think, like, getting attention paid to you in childhood is spoiling you, which concerns me a lot. Like, what do you think is an acceptable amount of attention for a child? Because, like, children need a lot of attention. (laughs) That helps with their socialization so they don't grow up to be fucking weirdos. And and Amelie grew up to be a little bit of a weirdo. God bless her. She means well, but some things, like in Chunky Express, I was like, um, you don't, you don't do that. Like, you just don't do yeah. that. You don't open people's mail, steal their keys, go into their house, clean their house. Rearrange their furniture. Buy them new clothes, buy them soap, buy them towels. Definitely, she probably washed that man's drawers. You don't wash a stranger's drawers, bro. She had glo- She had gloves on. But What if still, they was like a do- pick-me? Oh, God. <laughs> I just ruined it for her. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, it was like the internal question: Do you save your kids or you save your husband when your house when your house is on fire? That, Don't that classic question posed by Twitter when we found out that some of y'all really should not be having kids. Like, because I could always have new kids. No, <laughs> would you want to? And the people underestimate grief and all kinds of stuff. Like, do you, you know? uh, like what is wrong with everybody? Like, what is wrong? Oh, but also that I, I hate that question so much. Oh my god! Like sociopathic behavior, and it makes me very concerned. But Amelie does not have enough attention. Um, but also, she's kind of in that weird space where she's like, I don't really want a lot of attention. Um, and so she works with this cast of characters. You got Suzanne, who used to be, I think she's a little like. Or she used to work in the circus. Mm-hmm. And her trapeze artist lover, like, dumped her before her, like, next act. And then she, like, got crushed under a horse. This is all the little... These are, like, the little things that you hear. Like, Suzanne is not even a major character. But <laughs> they give you all this backstory. And then she's got the... Um, oh, I, oh, Georgette, the tobacconist, who is, like, a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. And has every ailment under the sun. Um, I forget what the other waitress's name is, but like Gina, her, Gina, her scorned lover uh, comes to the bar every day and like records her in sort of like a weird like a like captain's log. <laughs> he was like two fifteen p.m. She sneezed while yeah. she was taking somebody's order. I did not like that shit. Yep. I mean, shout out to him. He likes my um, favorite pastime of crunching up bubble wrap. But like, <laughs> he's such a fucking weirdo. Like, like where were the police not called <laughs> at this point? Get him out. Um, and there's some other people too. Um, but I think that the where the the story kind of kicks off is is Amelie is at home one night getting ready for bed and. 
she loses like the cap of her I guess like I don't know her toner some makeup she put on you know her you know her face wash or whatever um and it hits like this little tile in her bathroom and she discovers like this secret box full of like this little boy's like treasures or like pictures and like marbles and and all kinds of stuff like a little boy would keep and um at the same time which is so random. I don't really know like why they set this at this point in time other than being like a major point in like Parisian history, but it she discovers this all at the same time as like hearing a um news report about Princess Diana dying like maybe like a couple hours before or the night before. Mm. I think it was like I had to be maybe like breaking news type because i remember being awake when that happened like being up way too late school hadn't uh started yet so i was you know up till god knows when and um and hearing about princess diana and actually not i did not know who princess diana was i was not well versed in international anything (laughs) and so i i was upset like you were I like boohooed. Oh, like I cry, cry. Like a member of my family died because yeah, like I don't even know why I was so affected by her passing, but I like cry because she was a good person. Mm -hmm. Like everything I had known about her at that age, because I was like, like a kid. Yeah. Was that she was a good person. Like yeah. every news report you heard about her, everything you knew about her, she was just a good, kind, genuine person. Yeah. And, and did, did dirty by the royal establishment. Yes. And when I heard big this, ass eared husband of hers. <laughs> Don't get me started. Do not We me and Brittany told her like a thing. Like we literally sat here and looked up like royal portraits for like an hour and looked at like prince charles when he was like younger and he had like a finger wave (laughs) (laughs) i'd be like damn damn i'm so sorry oh this is after uh baby archie was born it was yeah and we were like we got we got to reach back in the archives and see like what's about to happen to this child and his facial features yeah um but yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna go there. But yeah, I was I was really, really upset. Like I, yeah. I cry, cry. I think I it's cry. Like, a, like that's like a very unifying I think reaction to her death was I didn't really cry because I didn't know who she was and like it's so weird now to think I feel like there was because of the way things are now, there's breaking news like every fucking day, every hour on the hour that I'm just kinda like whatever the fuck but certain stuff like in the 90s like princess diana dying and like the oj trial and then like some other stuff that happened like like when when shit went down it went down like you heard about it for like months weeks and months and it was always like just weird like things feel weird now but it's also like a constant barrage of weirdness to at a certain point that it just feels like huh life but at that particular time it was just like a moment and it's just like like everything you could feel that shift like you could feel that shift where things are different like this is a 
a major shift in history. Like this shouldn't have happened to someone who was like a decent person. Especially how it happened. Like once we find out like how everything happened because she's being like harassed and fucking chased by the paparazzi. Yeah. Like that was awful. So like that's it's kind of like one of those like it like there's no justice in the world for people who are like at least decent. Even if she was like a really rich woman with the, like the royal family and all that shit. Like from what I gathered, she was always, you know, she was kind, a woman and generous, yeah. and yeah. a good per. She was a good person. Yeah, who didn't deserve all that shit. And I think that's what kind of what like, um, like influences Amelie's like later decisions. Because she decides to take this box and find the owner. She goes through like this long thing of trying to figure out where this guy is because he didn't live here. So she had to figure out like who lived here in the 1950s. And she um, goes and travels and finds somebody who like also used to live there. And she goes and and finds like three people with the same name. Um, as him as this person before she realizes that like she was spelling it wrong <laughs> and so she goes through this whole thing and she manages to find him which I think was really sweet because he was like this guy who was kind of like again like a loner who wasn't really he was like estranged from his daughter and like he didn't he like he didn't he hadn't even met his grandson he's like I heard she had a, a, a child like a, a boy like I should call them up before I'm in a box myself and I was like oh <clears throat> call your loved ones <laughs> mm-hmm. which I am terrible at doing but like ooh, we'll sting there um but she like gives him this box and he's still like affected by it and she's affected by him being affected by it but she decides like she had basically decided like oh I'm gonna if he likes it and he appreciates it then I'll do more good things um to try to help people out which of course turns into like chaos <laughs> complete and utter chaos even just looking for that guy i was like listen i gotta go where i gotta take the train where <laughs> like listen bro you might be out of luck with these marbles yeah she did a lot of work but the, the joy it. it brought was worth it yeah but amelie's sense of doing the right thing is a little skewed as we find out later yeah so she decides like she wants to help her dad get out the house so she ends up stealing his garden gnome and sends him on like a flat stanley adventure with her um i guess like her neighbor or like her acquaintance who's like a flight attendant so she just gets her to like send them pictures of the of the like the gnome and like Russia and, and I think he goes to America I can't remember but mm-hmm. that little guy was all over the map mm-hmm. and um I love the part when she takes the blind guy around there's like a blind guy in their neighborhood like you see him in certain scenes and she ends up like walking him through and like describing all this stuff but she was going so damn fast and then she ends up leaving him at the metro (laughs) leaves him in the middle she's like all right now get done here you're at the metro kiosk and i was like does he want to go on the metro like does he does he live near the metro (laughs) i'm like thank bitch (laughs) 
she's like, okay, I got something to do, so bye. Bye. And I was like, up these stairs. And the like, fuck? Bitch, you, you just left the blind man right there. I mean, I'm sure he knows his way around the neighborhood. Like, he's pretty old. So I feel like he's one of those who's like lived in that neighborhood for a long time. So he's got it down pat. But at the same time, he asked you to take him all over. He, he did inspired. not ask for that. He seemed to be inspired by their interaction. But at the same time, I was like, listen, lady, like you just don't leave somebody just in the middle of the street, of the sidewalk like that. <laughs> like you got to do better. <laughs> she also decides to help um, Georgette, mm-hmm. which is to me kind of fucked up. This is this is the one helping others is fucked up. Um, yeah, they, them two did not need to be together. That man, I didn't like this one. He need to be. He needed to be with somebody's therapist. Um, <laughs> so Georgette is the like um, the coworker with the all the ailments. Like she has migraines. Yeah. She has sciatica. She has seasonal allergies. She, she don't has... like white sauce, which I don't like white sauce either. But she was like, I just, I can't. I just, I, I cannot have au gratin. And I was like, girl, nobody was <laughs> offering it to you. Order something else. She's just, she's a lot to take in. So Amelie's plan is to set her up with their other coworkers, Gina's ex-boyfriend who spends all days sitting there recording every interaction that woman has with any other person in the cafe. I was like, bro, you ain't got no job? He don't, apparently. His job is to watch. Like, all you do is to sit up there and eat and, like, drink something. Like, I'm like... I His mean, job this is, is to so monitor funny. her interactions. So the funny thing, too, about, like, being in the restaurant in France is, like, people always get mad because they're like, they don't ever take your order. Like, they don't check up in you. Like, you know, like... Back when we were allowed to go in restaurants and shit, you know, way back when in the ancient time of of February 2020, uh, um, like people will check up on you on your order, right? They're like, oh, do you want more to drink? Do you want this? They don't do that in France. They're like trained to like leave you alone. And some people are probably like, I don't want to be up on your ass anyway. So like, even if you wanted me to, I'm not going to. So like a lot of people like you can spend a lot of time in the restaurant just because I mean, you got to get the waiter's attention and of course they'll be busy. So like I'll come back. But like, you know, they're not really there to rush you like people here. Like I'm trying to get the next table or whatever. Like they'll let you like linger for a while. And like, I think maybe that is something. Of course, he's like a regular, too. So that's just going to kick him out. But at the same time, I was like, you don't go nowhere else. Like you ain't going to move to the next spot. You're not going to go home to check up on something. You don't have no appointments, no games to watch. Like, leave this lady alone. He ain't got shit to do. And he's not old enough to be retired. So I'm like, I mean, maybe he's just unemployed. But then also, like, how are you eating in this restaurant every day? <sighs> he. I got questions. That's the only one we didn't get enough answers about. I know enough about everybody else except for him. He the one causing the most trouble. He is. And him and Georgette get together by fucking in the bathroom at work. At the, at work. Mm-hmm. Being loud. Les toilettes. Being loud at work. Where everybody in the restaurant can hear them. 
Well, so this is Amelie's fault entirely because, like, he is so... I think his name is Joseph. I want to say his name is Joseph. He is so, like, infatuated, but, like, in a bad way with Gina, who's just trying to, like, live her life and, like, do her work and stuff. And then uh Georgette is so like overcome with all her ailments real and imaginary that she's not paying attention to shit either and so like Amelie kind of gets it like the idea from Suzanne like a conversation that she's having about like getting two regulars to like meet up because you know she's a bartender so she's seen people like get together I guess she's been like working there for like what she said like 30 years or something so she ain't going to where she's seen a lot and then Amelie gets it into her head like, oh, let me tell Joseph, like, look at all the pain you've caused. And she was, he was like, Gina's all right. She can handle it. And I was like, boy, if you don't get the fuck away from this woman. But then she's like, no, not Gina, Georgette. And then later she tells Georgette like, oh, like, look at who's been like eyeing you. And like, Georgette didn't have a clue. And so... Like, of course, like, Georgette starts pulling her hair back and dressing a little nicer and shit with her little shawl. And, you know, Joseph is going up to the counter to, like, get a scratch-off, and they're doing scratch-offs together. And then I think, what happened? Like, Joseph goes to the bathroom, and then Amelie spills hot water on Georgette on purpose to make Mm -hmm. her storm off into the bathroom. And then they got to getting. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he becomes as... That restaurant was not big enough for them to be making that much noise. No. No. (laughs) It's a tiny restaurant. But yeah, they, um... He does get kind of shitty afterwards. Like, he wasn't gonna change. He he, He becomes as possessive as he was before. Like, he becomes as possessive of Georgette as he was over Gina. Yeah, it's like worse because she also talks to people and I forgot how it even broke down like I forgot like what what even happened to make them stop liking each other other than the fact that he was just a dick and he wasn't really gonna change from being a dick just because y'all like fucked in the bathroom love don't change everything y'all sometimes you know it's cute or whatever but just because y'all fall in love doesn't mean anything's gonna change like, mm. like personality wise mm. I know that's hard for some people I know the movies makes it seem like that is what will happen but sometimes love make people better sometimes it does not sometimes love is not. a risk y'all it is a risk yeah not that you shouldn't pursue it it's just like you're gonna go into something like I'm gonna change him like please please don't waste your time somewhere else <laughs> Your, put your time, like, like, put your time and effort elsewhere. Because you'll just be, in, like, disappointed. I mean, eventually, you might be able to build a bay, and then you could be happy. If you survive, if the planet doesn't collapse in on itself <laughs> by 2030... They'll have build a bay technology. Oh, okay, yeah, that's gonna how that's gonna be how build a bear like stays afloat in this so. you know, these trying times. <laughs> <laughs> Dark humor. Oh gosh. Uh, oh, what else goodness. happens? Oh, so like, though, there's another. I mean, those are all like side plots, but I think 
the larger plot is um, Amelie and this guy named Nino, who she Nino Brown. Sees. No, not Nino Brown. Not Nino. Not no motherfucking Nino Brown. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love his character because he's so like, like, girl, I don't know what's going on. Can you just tell me? <laughs> I am with Nino. I'm 100% with Nino. All he wants to do, he works at his job, his his regular job, and he works at his other jobs. And he's like, bruh, please stop fucking with me. Yeah. If I you mean, don't fucking stop. If you don't fucking stop. Fucking stop. Fucking plan. God damn it. I was, I, I, the more I watched this movie, the more I was like, girl, if you don't like hurry up and like just tell this boy that you into him. I mean, that's all it takes. <laughs> I know it's going to be like, you know, shoot your shot and you like miss your shot, but like, like, damn, bitch, he's. <laughs> After a while, I was like, oh. along. After like the first two things you did to him, I was like, girl, I think he's into you. Kind of. At least he's curious. I was like, ah, ha, ha, this is so cute. Oh, my God. Look, ha, ha, this is cute. He's going along. And But after, ooh, child, after a while, it's like, if you don't, if you don't, fucking, if you don't fucking stop, if you don't tell stop him, fucking just, playing. Just tell him, girl. That's good you, advice for all of us. Just, like, don't tell them. Yeah. And hurry up. And don't, you know, leave them on a, a runaway chase around the streets of Paris. So... She uh she sees Nino one day when she's like walking to the train station and he's digging underneath like the underneath the photo booths. They have these booths. I didn't see one, but apparently they have these booths there because sometimes you need to like take pictures for your ID, which is kind of weird. So I think a lot of these train stations have them. I don't know if this is like a thing here in America or anywhere else, but uh she sees him. And they kind of, like, make eye contact. But, of course, she don't say nothing because she's being a weirdo. And we find out that Nino likes to, um, Nino likes to, like, collect pictures. Like, the old discarded picture. He's, like, a collector of of weird shit. Because he would take pictures of footprints and wet cement. And he would also record people, like, they record, like, a weird laugh. (laughs) like so random just random hobbies and stuff and um but there's also she ends up finding this um this bag like he drops his bag when he's chasing after this guy and she goes through this like large album of all these pictures and she's like I keep finding this one guy on this in this album but she can't figure out who it is and so this like leads into like this whole chase and back and forth because she fig- she finds out that she he works at a porn shop, like a sex store, mm-hmm. which is actually hilarious. I walked by a bunch of these. One just said porno on it, <laughs> on the window. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right. You should have took a looky-loo. It was the middle of the day. I mean, ain't nobody going to judge you. Don't yeah. nobody know you. It w- I yeah nobody knows me that's true um because I I went there because I was trying to walk by the Moulin Rouge and this was like across the street and so I like was walking and around and of course it's middle day so it's like not the right time to see the Moulin Rouge because it's not even lit up but 
I was looking and I was walking. I was like, God damn, wait, hold up. <laughs> I was like, what's all this bondage wear and shit in these windows? And like in the middle of the fucking day, it had to be like 10 in the morning. Yeah, just stop. What are your business hours? It was early. Uh, <laughs> but he works there. And then he also works at like a fun house kind of place. Like, a, I don't know, like a carnival. Yeah, it looks like it. He's got an interesting job. Yeah. Um, he, he's I, a skeleton on a ride or some shit. I yeah, guess. he is. He's like in one of those, like those haunted rides where you, um, like you sit on a little cart and it like takes you around. They got this at the state fair, but like <laughs> we went on it last time I was there. And uh, yeah, he goes and he's kind of like the spooky weird, although he got real close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was one of them haunted houses and you're just like, they're like, you got to sign a waiver. <laughs> Because they'll come up to you and like touch you and stuff, and you gotta be like ready to cry, chop a hoe. That's why I don't do those, and I blame Timothy Oliphant. What did Timothy Oliphant do to you? He was in Scream Two, and that's why I don't do those. Wait, was he in a haunted house? I cannot remember the plot of Scream Two to save my life. When Jada Pinkett Smith got murdered in the beginning of Scream Two, and everybody thought this shit was a game, I was like, mm mm. Was that Timothy? And those kind of, he was part of it. He played fucking Mickey. Wait, how many killers were in that one? This is so off two. Oh, yeah, because there was a mama, and then there was Mickey. Yeah, there was the mama from Roseanne, and then Mickey Elephant, which I don't even remember what his character was there for. To be Mickey, but what the was murderer? He, what, was he in, what was he in connection to the rest of it? That man. So he was just there for a good time. That man is so fine. I try to watch Justified. I have no idea what the fuck we have on that show, so I stopped watching Justified. But seeing him every week or every episode in like a big ass hat, just um, the cowboy life might be for me. Okay. Brittany disagrees, but everybody else I know is like, yes, I support what you support. This I support your vision. So <laughs> Brittany is an outlier here. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, but yeah, he, he works there and she kind of has this whole photo album. She's got to give it back because he's he the thing is, he posts like like a little sort of like, can if anybody seen this bag, like, can you like call this number? And she like snatches it off because she doesn't want anybody else to like call the number or she was going to call the number, but she don't want to because she's too shy. Because she's worried about, like, what will happen if she does call the number. And I was like, so she does all this other shit in order to, like, get him to, like, kind of realize that she has his stuff. But then leading him all over the stairs of Sakakur. And I was like, girl, them stairs are no fucking joke. How dare you do this shit? <laughs> he ran all the way up him, all the way back down him. I, know, I was like, this has to be, like, a thousand stairs. Like, I'm not... I was like, ready to fucking fight her. There are... If I... I'm going to send you, like, a Google map thing of these stairs. Because there's actually, like, a little, like... What is this? Like, a ski lift type of thing? But it's, like, one of the <laughs> big things. It's, I'm not even kidding you. Like, there is a, a ski lift type thing to get from the bottom of the hill to, like, the top. And you got to pay extra. Like, I think you got to pay, like, a metro metro price or whatever. Metro ticket price to get up. Because there's so many. And so when I saw that... Because I've, wa- I've watched this movie so many times, I didn't really have, like, a geographical, like, reference. 
like what she had him doing. And then when I saw <laughs> he had gone all the way up to one of those telescope looking things and looked down and she had his book and made him run all the way. <laughs> I was like, we're doing a lot, sweetie. Ooh, child. This is romantic in theory. In practice, I would be like, can you pay for my sprained ankle? If I were to suspend belief mm-hmm. and my practicality, yes, I would be like, if you don't fucking stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't enough. This is, this, the, the disbelief wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't suspended enough. No. It was a lie. It was a lie. It just kind of was just like, girl, just tell him. Because at one point, like, I think they had crossed paths enough. So like, he didn't really know her. And it's also interesting to f- that they kind of had similar childhoods where, like, Amelie didn't have enough playmates or um, any siblings. And he didn't have any siblings either. But, like, he wasn't very popular at school. He got put in a trash can in the classroom and the teacher was like hmm well shit happens <laughs> I was like damn they just left him in that trash can on the desk like he could have fell to his death mm-hmm. <laughs> so they both kind of grew up kind of lonely but he is he seems socially well adjusted minus like the weird collection of stuff he has yeah, and everybody's entitled to their little hobbies. So mm-hmm. he's not manipulating anything. He's just like taking pictures and kind of, you know, he's not directly influencing people's lives, unlike Miss Amelie. He has a job, he has friends. He's not almost killing people in their apartment at night. Can we talk about that? Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's discuss. So Amelie is like, she goes down to her local market and there's like a mean grocer there his name is mr collignon and he has like a um i guess like a delivery boy slash like assistant um named lucien who is kind of i guess like i don't know they kept saying that he was like mentally handicapped but like was he Mm, i don't know i don't know he was kind of childish to me but they kept making fun of him terribly and calling him slow and all that and and mr Cognon is like terrible what at one point it was like someone peed in his mother and i was like oh my god <laughs> the levels of trash can you be that trash like how can you be that trash but amelie does not like seeing how um mr Cognon treats lucian so at one point she gets keys to his house how'd she get the keys to his house again like she borrowed something she's she stole them from lucian oh okay so she stole these keys and then, <laughs> which i mean I she be committing crimes she i i completely miss her stealing stuff but i was always like how'd she get his keys but then she like got the keys made oh you know what it was i think he left the keys in the door he left the keys in the door so technically she kind of she got the keys from him or through him. But it wasn't she made a, fault. She made a copy of it. Yes. She used the key to get into this man's apartment. And she went wild. Yeah. I forgot where he had gone, but she had waited till he left. And she, like, 
switched the doorknobs. She uh, switched his slippers with like identical, like smaller ones or bigger ones, some different size. <laughs> what was the thing with the pen? She stuck a pen in like the lamp. She unplugged the lamp. She, well, she changed the light bulb in the lamp so it's dimmer. And then she also unplugged the lamp and stuck a pin in the cord. So later, bitch. Oh, like she stuck a hole in it? She stuck like an actual pin in it and left a pin in it. So when (laughs) he went to plug it in, it sparked up. It could have burnt that bitch down. Honestly, as old as the building was, like that would have came crashing to the ground. (laughs) So she she almost killed somebody. She put, she replaced his toothpaste with his foot cream. Mm, um, yes, they look quite similar, which is she, a design failure. She put something in his wine, so she fucked with his food or his liquor. His, yeah. It was liquor. I mean, um, at this point, this point, her and Faye are on the same level although she's trying to fuck up this man's life she is trying to kind of kill him um (laughs) i think she's trying to get him to have like an everybody's a screw type moment where you know you kind of like are near death and then you see the error of your ways and you kind of humble yourself but also at the same time like attempted murder might be a like a step too far if they was just trying to like hey you need to get it together you need to buy soap so i'm gonna get this soap for you bro um, you need a new shirt. I'm gonna just get this shirt. She ain't try to like <laughs> shot kill this man. man. <laughs> kill the man in his sleep. <laughs> no. I feel bad. I mean, not for him. I felt bad for Lucian, but also I was like, damn, bitch, like this might be going a little bit too far. Yeah, she But also he was a terrible person. He was. He he treated that boy bad. Like him and the neighbor, uh, Lucian and the neighbor would have little screaming sessions in the basement, and they'd be like, "Yeah, fuck you, fuck you, bitch, fuck you, yeah, fuck, fuck you, Mister Colleon, <laughs> yes. suck my dick, Mister Colleon, and stuff so, like that." Amelie has like a a neighbor who was like an older man, um, who was her story. His story kind of mirrors her own, but like in a different way because he has like a brittle bone disease like he's basically got like it's like that one meme from spongebob where he's like i got glass bones and paper skin he has a boneitis he's got some he's got some fucked upness so like he hasn't been outside in like 20 years he just you know chills at the house and he paints a copy of like renoir's like a renoir painting i don't know which what this painting is called i forget I think they mention it, but he paints a new copy every year. Why this painting? I don't know. And he is struggling with one of the girls in the photo. Like, she's in the middle, but she's kind of like the outsider, which is basically Amelie. Um, and, like, a kind of like a metaphor for Amelie's, like, current situation. And, you know, he's trying to, like, prod her to, like, kind of, you know, you know, get yourself out there. You young. You're full of life. Um... But, like, Amelie doesn't want to because she's, like, scared of things. <laughs> and at one point, she's watching that one, like, she watches, like, that fake, um, like, news report of, like, her death. And it made it seem like she was, like, Mother Teresa. But, like, she had, like, collapsed from exhaustion or something at, like, barely 23. 
Mm-hmm. So she's already going through it. I mean, she's kind of got a grand imagination because I was like, you only help like a blind man and this man find his like box of stuff. Like you haven't done that much quite yet. <laughs> You're not enough to be like, you know, canonized or anything. Um, but then Amelie also just kind of worries about people kind of forgetting her and not like living the life that she could because she won't put herself out there in the way that she should, even though she has good intentions for most of it. She bless her heart. But she also sends, she also sends the, uh, her neighbor like videos on like that, um, like VHS thing. Right. Is that her doing that? Where she'll send him like, like songs and people dancing and, and stuff. Um, like the black people. Yes, which is also really weird. Why were they both black? <laughs> I, I was like, was... I don't know how I feel about this, and I don't know what anybody's trying to say. Well, one so... was her. It was just like a bunch. I thought it was like a bunch of clips, wasn't it? But it wasn't all black people. But it was like people like singing and having a good time. Because one, I swear, it looked like Big Mama Thornton. Mm-hmm. But it was like a lady playing guitar, and then there was another one where like there was a guy who was dancing, but he also like he he had like one leg, mm-hmm. and then he was dancing, but also he said he was like born on like like Friday the thirteenth, so he was unlucky. I think that was like her way of trying to get him to to also see like life is out there, even though you can't go outside. Hmm. Now, now, why were there Negroes in these videos? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what's, what we doing here, but okay, okay. Yeah. I never really like sat there and like really contemplated like what these videos were for because they were just like secret videos. But I think he assumes that Amelie's sending them to her or to send, sending them to him. Although I don't know how she's doing any of it unless she's. I mean. Unless she's doing what we all used to do, which is like tape things off of the TV. She got time. She she got time. She and she has a lot of time. She has too much time. Mm-hmm. With all the weird shit she be doing, she she could do that. One would dare say that she probably has too much and should be a little busier. Yeah, she did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you feel bad for him too, because I'm like, damn, that's not your fault that you got to be up in the house all the time. Yeah, and that you're old, and I mean, if a, what do you say? Like a handshake could like crush his fingers, which I mean, I don't want to shake anybody's hand anymore. But like, <laughs> like, damn, you can even interact with people like normally. Yeah, it's bonitis. Not bonitis. Dufayel isn't his name like Dufayel? Yes. Why can't I remember people's names? I'm so sorry. We haven't been doing a good job of that. Um. Yeah, so he's been trying to encourage her. She's like, hell no, but I thank you for the nice uh, for the nice sentiments. I will keep ruining people's lives in order to make up for the fact that mine is going nowhere. <laughs> oh, child. Child, child, child. Just miss. Uh, I wonder, like, how many... Because I talked about Manic Pixie Dream Girls in the last, last episode. Again, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Um, and I don't think like she's necessarily a manic pixie dream girl, even though I think people would probably 
put her in that category because she's kind of quirky and kind of weird and has a weird haircut and is all around odd. Um, but like, I wonder like how many girls have like modeled their like any interaction with men based off this character because I'd be quite worried. Um, I would too because um, this ain't this ain't it like this ain't it (laughs) so i think what happens with this 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 photo booth or this photo album this shit was kind of complicated even now i'm kind of like why are y'all doing so much over these photos okay so oh child (laughs) um there's a lot with the photo album she returns a photo album to him, mm-hmm. but somehow she leaves a photo with more information about her, saying she wants to meet him. Yeah, isn't she dressed like Zorro? No, this is like the... The, the oh. photo that starts talking to him at night, talking about, bruh, she fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she had put, I know she had put it like a, she had left some pictures of herself, but then they were kind of like obscured. Like she was wearing like a weird disguise. Not the Zora one, but it was like where her eyes were covered and, and she had that mm-hmm. little scarf on her head or whatever. So she wasn't, like you couldn't tell it was her. But then, yeah, I forgot she left that one. It had like an address or something or like a meet me here type mm-hmm. thing oh yeah they were arguing if she was beautiful or pretty mm-hmm. they're like the one guy in the corner was like yeah she's beautiful and the rest is like Mm-mm, pretty <laughs> <laughs> pretty nah no 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 she she pretty let's not go too far because <laughs> Nero just wants to know who she is like well, who is this girl who keeps leading me all over the damn neighborhood and shit and Eventually, they sort of link up. Because, like, it's a lot. They jump mm-hmm. through a lot of hoops. <sighs> Amelie play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, um, she leaves a picture of herself or something asking him to meet her at the cafe at 4 o'clock. Yeah. So he goes to the cafe. That's the Zorro pictures. So okay, that's the Zorro picture. He still couldn't tell who it was, but like, I mean, it looked pretty close. And he he goes to meet her, and she is too shy to actually approach him, but she like looks at him from behind, like the a glass partition between mm-hmm. booths, and she yeah. like closely watches him, like eat sugar off a table for his like coffee and he turns around and sees her looking at him like what the fuck and (laughs) he's like you're that girl from the picture aren't you and she's like no he's like no i was like yes you are (laughs) amelie he can tell like he might be a little slow to like catch up on some stuff but like he i mean like the pictures are not like your face and this face are not that different and he holds up the picture. He's like, this is you. <laughs> this is you. And she's like, it's not. It's no, not She's me. like, shrug. Oh, well, sorry. You don't know what to do about it. 
It's not me. It's not me. And, then and this like, is when I was like, girl, just tell I'm, him. Like you I was about to beat her ass. Like, I want to beat her ass at this point. Although her, her, although her coworkers are kind of nosy. So I'm like, maybe that wasn't the best place. But at the same time, Miss Ma'am. Maybe she just wanted to do it to see if he would do it. I think that's what part of, of it. Was like, oh would he God. actually come? But then like, when he actually came, she kind of like lost her nerve. Which I understand, but if somebody is in your face saying this is you, like I, I mean, took off work, she was early not to trying to catfish here. this man. Oh, we didn't have. I wonder what old school catfishing was like. How can you? I mean, what catfish being like? I'm about to send you this picture of Kathy Ireland. Who is Kathy like, Ireland? Kathy Ireland. The Kathy. Model? Is her name Kathy Ireland? Yeah. No, you're right. Like, would you send a picture of her and be like, yeah, that's me? Who is this? <laughs> this is so random, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany is, this is so random. It's a model. She's a model. This is like, a, this is an obscure model, bitch. Or would it be like when Smokey was on the phone and it <laughs> Oh, she's like, I look like Janet Jackson. <laughs> Oh, that's a good that's a good example. Okay, let me bring it back. Okay, a better example. That's a good example. When Smokey, Smokey from Friday, to- when Smokey was like on the phone, she says she looked like Janet Jackson. She said, "All oh, my friends look like say I look like Janet Jackson." He's like, "Ooh, shit!" He came out there talking trash. And I'm like, Smokey, you can't, you can't. And there was nothing wrong with it. Adele, like it was nothing wrong. Nah, she was cute. You just a hater. Just a little hater. Yes. Little bitch. Would it be like that? I mean, like, it wasn't even like she put a different picture of someone else entirely. Like, that was her. She just wearing a mask and a hat. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but I don't know. She just, she just needed to get her shit together and get it together quickly because, like, any other person I think would have been like, okay, I'm tired. Like, yeah, I would, if I was um, Nino, Nino Brown, I'd be like, you know oh, what? Nino Brown, I'm, tired of you. I'm, I'm out. I'm about to go back to work. Yeah, because he left work, too. He was like, okay, I'm going to leave work early. Because he knew somebody was looking for him. He had asked his coworker, because because Amelie had came to the sex shop. Because I think she called, the first thing is she called the number and then she got like a, a weird, she had a weird phone call with somebody because somebody thought that she was trying to, to work there and be one of the girls like in the rooms dancing naked or whatever because he was like, are you shaved? It wasn't Nino, but it was somebody else. And he was like, are you over 18? Are you shaved? And she was like, oh, excuse me? And he, he was like, fur pie does not sell here. And she was like, <laughs> hanging up the phone. I can't deal with that right now. And so she's like kind of, she kind of shook. And then she ends up going down there and his coworker is pretty nice. And she's telling him like, oh yeah, he likes to do this. He, you know, he's kind of, he's a cool guy. She was like, you can leave the, the album here if you want to. She's like, no, I'll bring it here. She's like, I wonder like, you know, like, is he like, I wonder how his girlfriend feels about him working here or some shit like that. And, and she's like, oh yeah, he doesn't really keep girlfriends that long. She's kind of like, you know, every kind of, non-direct interaction usually has her kind of shook by him and kind of like shaking her fantasy of like what it would be like to like know this man even though she's never spoken to this man <laughs> and so she's been doing all this shit and eventually I think like she does she put a note in his pocket she has her 
Like Gina her waitress friend. Was it Gina this, who put the note or somebody? She has um Gina put she writes a quick note at for Nino at mm-hmm. the restaurant after telling him, No, that's not me in this picture of me um that you're showing me at this moment. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, you know what I love that part though where she kind of she kind of looks defeated and she put like literally like disintegrates into like a puddle of water. Oh, oh that was that's a so good cute. that was a good like effect. Some of the effects on this are really like very like I guess like some like criticisms like oh it's too hokey or whatever, but I like them. I feel like they're 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 accurate representations of like things that everybody feels when like stuff is not going right or like if you're too excited. Like when her heart was beating in her chest and you could see your heart like through her sweater. Mm-hmm. That was cool. But yeah, she um she's she's defeated. And so, like, with the note, they stick it in Nino's pocket, and what's his name? Stalker Man Joseph. sees it, and he's like, mm-hmm. What do you say, docking scheduled? Oh, when they start talking, because they think he comes back. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I don't forget, because at one point he asked his, his coworker, like, oh, can you, when you, can you stand in for me? And then he realizes there's a note in his pocket with all this stuff, so he comes back to the restaurant, and um and he talks to Gina and of course Joseph is like docking scheduled and I was like Joseph like could you leave <laughs> can you please leave this woman alone and um they go for a walk and I guess she kind of quizzes him on like all his proverbs because I guess that's her indication that he's like a good person which I'm like I mean, not everybody knows their proverbs, girl. Like, we don't, we don't have time. We don't have time. Um, and he's asking her about Amelie and stuff. And Amelie's away visiting her father, but she comes back and she realizes, like, how much of a mess everything is because, like, Georgette and Joseph are fighting. Um, I think Joseph ends up swinging on another regular, right? He On that uh, writer. There's, like, a guy yes. who comes every time. He's, like, a failed writer. And, and, uh... I don't know what Joseph said, but they get to swing on each other. And Amelie's just like, I have fucked up a lot. <laughs> a lot in my pursuit of love. Yes. And she just is heartbroken. Mostly because she thinks that Gina and Nino are together now. Yeah, and I was like, why y'all got Gina out here looking like a hoe? Like, why would you listen to Joseph about anything? She <laughs> Joseph was like, oh, he's out. She's out with that guy with the plastic bag. And she was like, shit. Like, what have I done? I was like, why did you think that automatically meant that he was just like her and Gina? Like him and Gina were just going to be together. <sighs> she like, and you ain't even asked nobody. No, again, not asking no questions from anybody. Communication is key here. Oh, did. <laughs> I don't know if, if this was this scene or like a previous scene, but like the one time when Nina was supposed to come there and he was late, but then she was like, well, she's like, well, he's not here. So maybe he got kidnapped and taken and he's being like held by Russian <laughs> operatives. And then like they're launching him into space. <laughs> she had like this laundry list of things that could have happened. I was like, or oh, girl, he could just be late. And I was like, oh shit, that was me. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's some shit I would think of. Right? Where you're just kind of like, 
instead of thinking like, oh, he didn't get the message or, oh, he, he, uh, he ignored it. Then it's just like, oh, actually like, you know, he was secretly a double agent and then like he got kidnapped and then hijacked on his way, escaping the country. And and, like, it it was like, this is like when you, when you are an overthinker, this is the type of shit you would think of. Very few people have had the displeasure of interacting with me at my worst. So (laughs) (laughs) I always have like overthinking moments and then I'm like, girl, just text them. Just text the person, just be like, hey, where you at? <laughs> like, instead of thinking all this shit happened, like, it didn't even happen like that. But, you know, her brain just be going to places that you just like, you you might want to reel that in. Just a smidge, homie. But she goes there. That overactive imagination developed in childhood takes mm-hmm. her there. Mm-hmm, it did. And, um... I forget, like, did she, like, kind of give up at this She kind of does. Yeah. Which I'm like, you didn't even have to. I mean, first of all, you didn't really have the man in the beginning. But, like, even if you did, like, he was right there. And you know where he works, creepily enough. You know his schedule. You could just pop back in and be like, what's up? You could take another ride in the creepy uh, fun house ride. You know that schedule as well. That was very intimate. A very intimate, <laughs> uh... Um, interaction you know this man's life you do you know too much because also um i guess like there was this both this like side mystery they were both trying to solve independently of each other which is like the guy in the photo albums that was like in there multiple times which just turned out to be the guy who repairs the albums or repairs the um the photo booths when they're broken Mm mm-hmm so, like, it wasn't even, like, that big of a deal. Because they thought, like, well, he's like, oh, he's a guy who's, like, afraid of dying. And that's why he goes to, like, all these different photo booths and, like, takes his picture and then rips it up. And all he does is just rip it up because he doesn't want to keep it. Because he works for the photo booth. Like, he does not want to keep these pictures. Otherwise, he does a ton of... He's just testing it to make sure it works. Again, uh, overthinking and over-imagination. Yes. Bless. Bless her heart. But she, like, leaves the the cafe and she goes home. Oh, this scene was so sad when she's imagining, like, what it would be like if if she was making, like, her plum cake or something and Nino had gone out to go and, and get more for her. Mm-hmm. And, like, he... And, like, justice had been served because... Uh, Lucien is like in charge of the like grocer's cart hmm. and Mr. Cognon is like the guy who has to like go get the stuff from the back or whatever like he's like the underling and I was like oh she's like what would it be like if you know he came to like he was you know just here with me not in like a weird way like a like a single white female kind of like a fatal attraction way but like <laughs> like it just was really sweet because you could tell she, for whatever reason, she really likes this guy, even though she's, like, literally never spoke to him. But I guess because she knows so much about him just from interacting with literally everybody else that uh, that she's into him. But then he actually comes to her door. and She won't answer the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, child. 
listen, you know, like frustration. And <laughs> just like, if you don't fucking just go after it. Like, you know how you got people who just kind of like want to like tell you, like they tell you their problems, but they don't really want you to like, they're like, what do I do? And then you like tell them a solution. And they're like, but like, eh. <laughs> like, it's one of those. Or just like, you know, the solution to the problem. Just go solve the problem. Is one of those situations for sure. Mm-hmm. But she's been doing he- for like a month. <laughs> so it's kind of like, girl, <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> he slides a, door, a note under the door saying he'll be back. Mm-hmm. And she reads it. So like, if he's still standing by that fucking door, he knows she's in there. He knew she was in there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had oh, I'm idea. so tired of her. She, uh, yeah, and I think it, before that too, she had like got a little message, like a video message from um her guardian angel, like Defiel, in his apartment, being like, "You do not have like brittle bones, and you are a young, healthy, like 23 year old. Go out there and live your life. Like you don't have to be in the house like I am. Like stop being a shut in and just go and experience shit before it's too late." Which mm-hmm. is the whole message that she's been getting from other people anyway. Like, the guy with the box and stuff, where he's like, I'm going to, like, reconnect with my family before shit's too late and stuff. Like, she didn't really take that into account. Mm-hmm. You know how people be hearing, but they don't really be, like, listening? <laughs> this was Amelie this entire time. God bless. But she listens this time because she be like, well, she has a moment where she's like, oh, fuck. I might have fucked this up. Yeah. And so she gets her shit together and she goes to run after him. Mm -hmm. And he's standing right there. At the door. Yeah. And then they have like a kind of weird kiss. Yeah, it's very like soft. Like nobody says anything. Because I guess she was going, he was going to say something and then, you know, maybe explain. But after all this time, like, I mean... Like, does anything really need to be explained? Y'all have done so many twists and turns. Like, that would take another hour of confusion and possibly misfortune. Just, like, settle all that, all that one, like, just make it all water under the bridge and just, like, start anew. Yeah. Imagine having to, like, like, oh, yeah, I thought you were this guy, but then I thought this and then this and then the blind man and then the da 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 like... <laughs> Like, don't make it any, like, do not fuck this up anymore. Just make it just quiet. <laughs> Everybody just needs to be quiet. It's, but it, it it ends on a very sweet, lovely note. Yeah, they spend the night together. It probably wasn't as terrible as when she had her first boyfriend. Or the second. Or the second. No huffing and puffing. <laughs> insight thank god and i assume they have a few more moments together yeah they um well like i guess that by this time it's like september like the end of september so they've basically been doing this weird shit for like a month now and um the failed writer like one of his quotes um is actually spray painted on on um 
like as graffiti on the wall. So he's kind of get. I thought that was really nice because he was kind of feeling down about his like not only his writing but his entire life, and um, that's kind of cool to see your like you know the youth take to your writing because um, the youth don't take the shit. So um, I don't know about Georgette and Joseph. I think they kind of like put that shit on pause for the best and for the good of everybody. I don't know. Like I'm I'm worried about Georgia and Gina, honestly. Like, I need to know they okay. Are they okay? Are they still in that damn diner with this creep twenty years later? Like, is he still there harassing them? Hopefully he got a life. They don't really go into like any of the the staff at the two windmills, but um yeah, I mean things are still good. It's a nice sunny day and, and Amelie and and Nino are riding on his little motorbike, which, oh, my God, those fucking bikes. They love those bikes over there, dude. You know how many times I got ran over by one of them damn bikes? I want to be on a Vespa with a little, a little puppy in a backpack. A little kickstand. <laughs> I love the little kickstand part where he jumped on it and just, like, went and... I was like, oh, is he going to fuck up? But no, it's, like, built like that. We got, like, a... Well, I don't think the streets are, are wide enough for a sidecar, but like you could have like a sidecar. Maybe if you're like have out a, in the country. Have a little puppy in a backpack. Got a little Vespa, little car. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. be out here. Yeah, they're riding around together and she's just so blissfully happy. It's like so sweet. And like, oh my God, I love this soundtrack. The soundtrack is really cute. It's all like instrumentals and, and like mostly like accordion and piano pieces, but. It's so cute. It's like a nice, hopeful moment at the end of like a very stressful movie. <laughs> You're just happy to see them together. And like there was a, I think I mentioned this last episode. I can't remember. But there's um one of these places, some Vice subsidiary did like a, oh, like where are they now for like fictional couples? And they listed Amelie and Nino as... Like, oh, yeah, we hope they're still together. We think they are. Like, after all this time, which I hope they are. I don't know, you hope they that. They probably are. They're both weird. They have their weird hobbies. I'm sure she kind of was like, you know, let me just be normal with this person. I mean, not normal. That's not really. Let me not be mean. I guess. Um, she could be she herself. Feels more comfortable and be herself. And open up. She could, she could be genuine. She could be her with him. And yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And he would probably encourage her to like get out there socially and stuff. You know, like I feel like they would work well together. Even though, like Faye and Cop 663, like they don't really know each other that well either. <laughs> like they've always, like. This is the funny part about this is that they had they spent that night together and they had never spoken a word to each other. Not like for real, for real. Like they had never had a genuine conversation, which at any other time I'd be like, can y'all please, please talk to each other first. Like sometimes it'd be like that for sometimes, some people. You know, you know, what's understood don't need to be said. It'd be like that for people <laughs> in movies and that shit people in real life, I guess I don't. I, I don't really know. I don't know. I'd be worried about some people's communication skills in real life. So, but this is the movies and we are trying to retreat into the fantasy. Like Faye and Amelie. 
Mm -hmm. So, Ashley, I guess my question then would be, would you recommend this movie for our listeners to watch? I like this movie a lot. Um, Like, plot-wise, sometimes I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Like, we could just, like, chop this, like, 20 minutes out of here, get a little bit tighter. Um, Yes! In the editing, like, I'm always down for, like, because I don't know how much, this movie's at least, like, two two hours and some change, I think. The first time I saw this movie, kind of, it went by pretty quick. But I think, like, the, the more... I've watched this movie maybe because I'm not focused on like the plot and what's happening necessarily. It's been like more of a like a longer watch or it's felt like a longer watch because I'm looking at everything else but the plot. But I still think this is like a movie like the way this movie is done is really done really well in terms of telling a love story that's not straight up like like we kind of have an interaction and then like some sort of um What's the word I want to use? Like there's some sort of like miscommunication or no communication at all. Um, And then like there's like a misunderstanding and and then they don't like there's like conflict and then they end up getting together. Like I think like that's the pretty much the basis for like a lot of movies, which I mean, those movies sell and like people enjoy them. So I'm not trying to shit on that. But like as far as like actual storytelling, I think this is done really well and that you know there's always something visual to like look at and there's always something to like there's always some like cool trick that I like to see I don't really like when stories are told so straightforward all the time I like it when people play with the visuals and play with the special effects and you know even just having the picture talk to Nino like that was fun and and having like um Amelie's like her paintings and her her lamp <laughs> talk to each other and they're trying to like figure out like oh is she falling in love or not and they're like disagreeing um I think that kind of stuff is kind of fun it kind of reminds me of like Michelle Gondry a little bit um it did. I don't really know like I don't know his relationship to like this director or like this you know I'm sure he's seen this movie and I know Michelle Gondry was doing stuff in the 90s, like, before this movie came out. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, they has any direct influence. But, like, you've seen some sort of, like, some of Michelle Gondry's movies definitely feel like they're on sort of, like, the wacky, wackier side and whimsical side. And for that, I would say yes. Um, because you always want to, like, I would encourage people to watch, I always encourage people to watch more of, like, I guess, international or, like, you know, like we did with Parasite. We're definitely a subtitle gang. And we'll always encourage people to watch movies that are not made in this country. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, like the, the production design, all of that, I think that lends itself to the storytelling in a way that I wish people would do more of. Like I don't really just want people to rely on um, just like the actors in the story or like this moody lighting thing that we've been doing for the last like 20 years or so it's starting to drive me crazy I wish people would get back to more like levity even though this isn't like they're I mean times are tough right now so it's hard to be hopeful and optimistic but I just I wish there was more of that in filmmaking I wish there was more like risk taking and and fun having I wish movies looked fun again uh 
And yeah, so for that reason, I would say yes. Okay. Um, I would recommend this movie. Um, it was fun to watch, even though I wanted to give Amelie a really nice shake. Tell her get it, get it fucking together. I feel like um, we wanted to give both of our both of these girls these movies like a shake. Yeah, I less so with Faye, but you just like because she's cleaning up somebody's house. <laughs> no, it's just like I can't. I'm not. I'm not gonna go into why for that oh. film, oh, but gosh. I'm not gonna go into it. But um, this movie was just a little. It's a little delightful. It was a little whimsical. It was a little departure from things that I typically watch and enjoy, and it was mm-hmm. fun. Um, as you said, it. It, to me, it reminded me of The Science of Sleep, and that's a movie that I really, really enjoyed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that kind of feel. Um, it does not have Gail in it, but it... Uh. <laughs> I was on that live the other time. Oh, anyway. yeah, we watched Gail and, um, and Diego Luna talk to each other, be best friends. And yeah. um, it was a nice light. I mean, we didn't know what they were saying. They were saying it all in Spanish. <laughs> but I was just happy to be there. I was just happy to be present. That's <laughs> to observe, like just be a casual observer and in a beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. After all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been friends for like a long ass time. Since they were like teenagers, I think. Mm-hmm. They're like in their 40s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would recommend this movie. Um. If you haven't seen it, uh, like me, until doing it for the show, it's fun. Um, some interesting things happen. So check it out. Yeah, it's on, um, what we say, Prime. I think it's still on Prime. I think you watched it on like Hulu or something. Yeah. And then also Hoopla, I think, is where it is, where you can just use your library card and check that out for free. Support your local libraries because they're closed. Everything is coming crashing down <laughs> around us so support where you can yes so what movies would you recommend i was looking at michelle gondry's movies um and i was gonna say even though i didn't really enjoy this movie a lot um i was gonna say uh mood indigo which is a movie he made in oh it actually does star uh audrey tattoo or i that's probably not how you say her name i am so sorry y'all um but it's um another kind of surreal movie but it's like a science fiction is movie as well um it's about a guy who like meets a girl um and he has like a bunch of like a weird inventions and he meets this girl who kind of has like a a heart condition um it does get kind of like a little like the mood definitely changes like halfway through it because it gets from like kind of like a whimsical movie to like more of a tragic drama um but a, a lot of the things in this movie that i like which is of course like michelle gondry's like commitment to like physical effects versus like cgi um make it kind of like an interesting watch so I would suggest that one um, again for like more like production design. Although it does kind of the way it shifts is a little bit of a, it's a little jarring. It's based off a book which I tried to read, but I was like, this is a little 
this actually might be more chaotic than the movie, which is usually not how that happens. So I had to put that one down. Hmm. But I might, I might, you know, since we're going to be in the house um, forever, <laughs> I might have to pick that one up. Might have to find a digital copy. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction. Okay. I'm and... Ready. I am going to recommend The Lobster. Oh, my God. Oh, let's discuss. I'm so excited to hear you talk about this. because I feel like because The Lobster. Brittany was a hater. She didn't want to have anything to do with Yorgos Lothamos, the god. I want your ghost to pay I, for its crime. I remember but, you said, I remember I suggested this movie and you were laughing about it. Like, I didn't suggest this movie. I think I talked about it when I was talking about The Favorite for like a, an episode forever ago. And you were laughing and I was like, no, it's a good movie. <laughs> and to hear you suggest it for anything, I'm so intrigued. I feel like The Lobster would be a, a good film to watch. With um, this one? Yeah, I, I like for me, or like just like just the, like just it's the movie. It's a good movie in itself. Um, it is about people trying to find a match. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely different circumstances under which they're trying to find their match, and um. I feel like it's just worth a looky-loo. Um, and I watched it after Ashley bullied me and I forgot she bullied me because I, I forget everything. I bully you. I just said it was a good movie and you bullied me <laughs> and you're like, hell no. I forgot all about that whole interaction, naturally. <laughs> um, and I watched it because... I was just like, I'm just going to check it out. What kind of new things does, like, Yorgos have going on? Because I've watched his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. He's a good director. He's a weird one. His stories are always very sort of like, okay, what what happened here? Like, why did we, why did this happen? But also, you can never say that you'll be bored. I've never been bored watching his movies. I've always been like, oh, shit, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and that's at least, at the very least, you would want somebody to not bore you. I don't want anybody to give me the same old, same old. Even if I don't like your movie, I appreciate you trying to, like, wreck my entire sanity. <laughs> like, dog tooth. Because <laughs> that was that was that was a trying watch, man. But you know, I wasn't bored. I was mostly like, "What's going on in that brain, Yorgos?" You got a lot of stuff rattling around up there. You wanted to give him the guillotine, and I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I I love my man. <laughs> but that's interesting. Yeah, the lobster is is a very interesting one. Um, with my booze, Colin, Colin Farrell and uh, Rachel Vice. 
I love them both. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely not whimsical. It's whimsical <laughs> in some, I would say it's whimsical in like, in some parts, because it's just like when you're watching it, you're like, this is actually ridiculous. But then like when you really think about it, like this is really sad. And then when you really think about it, you're like, what kind of government is making this happen? Like, why is this happening? And then when you think about it a little more, it's like, hmm, when is this going to happen? Oh, my God. I don't I mean, the government can't tell. They can't decide if they want you to not have babies or have babies or when you're going to have these babies or how you're going to have these babies. But I guess, you know, you can tell me when I'm going to get married and all that, too. So... How are you so hands-off but so hands-on at the same time? It don't make no damn sense. You hands-on <laughs> when it's not necessary. <laughs> and hands-off at every time when you need to be hands-on. Mm. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I say it every episode, but, like, please. Please, if anybody's listening to this, if you would like to finance my uh, journey somewhere else, if redacted, located in redacted, is listening to this, come get Ashley. <laughs> I await your correspondence. Don't be weird. Just like, please, like, just help a girl out. So <laughs> that I guess is our episode, bruh. We did. Yeah, it. we have. We did it. No idea what we're gonna do for next episode. I just realized. Not that we don't have a ton of ideas. It's, it's going to be May. I'm not doing that. It's literally, I just looked at the calendar and realized it's, it's going to be gonna May. Be- I'm not talking about the meme. It's just me reminding myself of the time. It's Shit. It's going to be May. Why did they make them sing yeah. like that? That's just so odd. Don't. I really want to know. That's something I've been having, like I've had on my mind for a really long time is like, what what was the, like who was responsible for making every 90s like pop star i guess you just put a little extra sauce on it i guess like put a little flavor on it because britney used to do that like nsync used to do that i don't know if backstreet boys to do that but a lot of people would kind of have a weird pronunciation of words and it just didn't make any sense and may was one of them they (laughs) anything that rhymed with with a was like Y'all right. They was pre-welcome to my kitchen. Welcome to my kitchen. We have bananas and avocados. <laughs> Fucking every indie singer on earth, girl. I can't. It's so weird, too. You know how people be complaining about how pop stars can't sing, but then they, like, praising these indie girls for that shit? It kills me. <clears throat> I'm like, y'all all sound like y'all are singing through like a fucking spaghetti maker or something. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It just sounds so bad. But this is so off track. <laughs> We're going to think of something cool for um, May. Don't really know yes. what. We don't really know what the future holds. I'll open up my third eye and see what happens. Okay. This should be scary. <laughs> <laughs> this should be terrifying. <laughs> I can't wait. So uh, we'll see guess, what happens. Brittany, let the people know where we are. 
We are on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. We're also on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com or visit us at blackgirlfilmclub.com. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate your support. If you feel like you would like to, um, rate us and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I love seeing those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make me smile. Someone make me smile, please. The sad, we can use sad it. tears of a clown. We can use it in these uncertain times, guys. Girl, in these unprecedented times. <laughs> I swear, being in advertising is so interesting right now because everybody's saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Every commercial. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. I want you to know that I don't even do commercials so like you'll never see any of my work on tv <laughs> sad to say so yeah i guess do we want to do we want to give the people anything else um just if you find someone who is quirky enough for you who matches your quirks tell them you love them yeah. shoot shoot your shots you know shot. it's 2020 we, we really don't have nothing to lose now. I mean, shoot really don't. your shot. Shoot we your don't shot. have nothing to lose. Don't, you know, don't make them run all over the Metroplex or your neighborhood doing some sort of scavenger hunt unless you're into that shit. And then, I mean, maybe they want to do that, you know? We really cannot do that right now. I personally would not, even if I could. <laughs> Sliding them DMs. Get in there. Don't do DMs because then people be screenshotting. That's the problem with some of this. Like, if this is 2020, like, if Amelie was said in 2020, like, do you think, like, it would be nice? I think he would no. be nice, but I feel like maybe there would be a possibility of being like, man, look at this girl, like what she did. And then, like, <laughs> that falling into the wrong hands and then and going like, viral. The and then it's like, right. Like, ah. you don't want to be, you don't want to go viral. Nobody really wants to go viral. Everybody thinks they do until your fucking phone won't stop beeping. And then you're like, no, that's fine. We're good. I need to mute everything and possibly delete my life. So, you know, we want to encourage you to, you know, if you find somebody like Brittany said, that's into what you're into, definitely, you know, go up for that. Don't be afraid to get your heart broken. Take risks, guys. Take risks. And, you know. Find love. Take a, take some fresh air. Get some fresh Go air. Go walk around the block. Stay away from everyone by six feet. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, do do what you need to do. Wear do what you need to do. Yes. Wear when your mask these, when you're outside. As as Brittany said, in these uncertain times, maybe you can still find love. <laughs> maybe. I'm hard maybe, but you know, if not, then just watch Amelie. Okay, okay, guys. <laughs> okay, anything else? Right. Yo, we never talked about delicatessen, but I guess it's too late now. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Go. we'll talk about it next time when we do an episode on cannibals. Boop boop. <laughs> yeah, if you're not into if you're not into love, you might be into cannibalism, and that's the case. Watch, go watch John Pierre's other movie called Delicatessen. It is quite interesting. Um. You know, for the cannibal lover in all of us. <laughs> all right. 
Bye, guys. And on that note, we're going. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.